I started this year really optimistic. The day of the primaries was also the day that my water heater broke. Oh, no. So it was like a bad day for me. And I was thinking like, well, the good thing is Bernie's going to win in these primaries at Super Tuesday. And it just didn't happen. And it's been tough for me to accept that the rest of the country doesn't think the same way I do. But especially when it feels like there's so much um, momentum and, and there is change. I mean... It's but we're just in our echo chamber. We we're like in a really isolated. Yes and no. Like the, I mean, it, it. Hold on, it's a motorcycle driving by. It's, it's, wow, this guy's real cool. I guess. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Anyways, what's the show? Oh yeah, on? So, I forgot um, what it's called. That now that we've uh, got everybody pumped up and excited, yeah. and in a, in a great mood. Well, because I had a I had a beer yeah. to drink. You encouraged now, me. And to, now yeah. you're getting all weepy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's start the show. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Every Damn Thing, a podcast where we rank everything. You're Phil, <laughs> and you're Jake. And we're here to guide you through the list of everything. Um, so each episode, we take uh, one or more items and tell you where they rank on the list of everything. The list can be viewed, by the way, by going to everydamthing.net. Uh, you can find a link in the show notes. So we've known each other since childhood. Long ago, while rummaging through the detritus of a lost civilization, we unearthed a glowing crystal. If memory serves, the crystal was in an old sailor's footlocker. Yeah, the footlocker was sequestered in a hollowed-out log. From the glowing crystal emerged a voice that recited to us a list of every damn thing that ever has or ever will exist, ranked from best to worst. Yeah, and immediately after hearing the list... We committed it to memory, but the crystal turned into dust upon contact with a mysterious orb. Uh, oblate spheroid. And the list was lost to us for all time. Sadly, the orb spheroid. vanished into thin air, taking with it our memory of the list. Faint recollections of what had once been, quickly dimming memories, they gave us no comfort. We can now only access the list bits at a time through an extremely scientific process that resembles shooting the shit. Through this process, podcasted for your entertainment and edification, we will gradually uncover the list of every damn thing. So the list currently has 19 items. Still uh, five episodes in at the top. And number one is Hank Williams Sr. At the bottom, number 19 is Hank Williams Jr., his son. And between those two generations of Hank Williams are the concept of generation ships, a science fiction concept where a spaceship travels with a crew over multi, many yeah, generations. So generation ships are at number 10, star. kind of right in the middle. Number 11, sardines. Gives so, you some idea. Yeah, that gives you a sense of where everything is. And We're going to add some new things to the list. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, we've got one thing from you, one thing from me, and uh, one thing from a listener who wrote into listed every damn thing dot net, submitted some ideas. Actually, it's going to be four things. Two things from the listener, and then one from each of us. Um, do you want to start with the listeners? Let's start with the listeners. So the listener was uh, Donovan, a friend and listener. Oh, you know what he always, he always says? says? If you're working at 7-Eleven... If the people are shoplifting the Jenny McCarthy Playboys, you got to exactly. let them do it. That's his most famous quote. And so he submitted a few things, two of which were thematically connected. So we'll do those two today. Um, yeah. These are Let's do beverages from the 1990s, more or less. Surge and Josta. So we'll start with Surge. Surge was like a Mountain Dew, yeah, it was, but it was made by Coke was, and not by Pepsi, It was made in the 90s right? by Coca-Cola Company to compete with Mountain Dew. Um, and apparently, like, its name before it came out was MDK, or Mountain Dew Killer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think they chose the wrong thing. They should have called it that. <laughs> if they just called it MDK, especially in yeah. that era, because it's like, it was the more extreme. Oh, yeah. Like, everything that Mountain Dew was, if I recall correctly... It, the whole point of Surge was let's make something that makes Mountain Dew look like Perrier. Yeah, 
oh, there's somebody on a rollerblades in a Mountain Dew ad. We're going to have people on a razor blade. Rollerblading on a razor blade. Over a yeah. volcano. So when I imagine Surge, I, I imagine the ads. I can't even really think about the taste of it, but I don't even know if the taste is important. I think the taste important. was it's like, vaguely orange or like the taste was the color orange. We lose track of it now, but Mountain Dew, the concept was it was like a, a rural thing. It's like this is what hillbillies like. This is like a, a it's like moonshine. It does, it's yeah. Mountain Dew. It's this strong brew that yeah. comes I mean, from I, the mountains. Mountain Dew is probably you know? a colloquialism for moonshine. That was like the gimmick of of Mountain What's Dew the in the old days. It's made like for orange sugar? juice. Mountain Dew is essentially orange juice is it? Okay. but with other stuff in it. If you had to like find the flavor of Mountain Dew, is Surge an iridescent Surge color is like, like an Mountain orange, Dew? like a bright orange color. It's not cuz Mountain Dew is greenish or yellow. It's like I would call it greenish, maybe yellowish, puce perhaps. Does Surge have caffeine um, in it? Surge does have caffeine, maybe equivalent to Mountain Dew, but it also had more of maltodextrins or something like that. And and it had carbs too. Like so technically it was kind of more in the direction of sports drinks. Were there like electrolytes? I don't know if Did it, it have electrolytes? electrolytes? Well, it had sugar, so yeah, I'm not. Oh, I'm not, so I'm, not just, a I'm looking it up. It says that it was launched in Norway yeah. as Urge, which also I think would there have been was a, a product name. named Surge already in Norway, so they couldn't name it Surge. Also, in my research, I saw that in '97, Coca-Cola settled with a company that had a cow milking machine called Surge. Why do you think people were getting confused? <laughs> yeah. yeah, apparently since like 1924, <laughs> so like, this this cow, the surge cow milking machine was there, and yeah, probably people were walking into 7-Eleven and being like, "Hey, give me a surge," and they'd get this soda. A lot of times, what happens is like a traveling salesman yeah. comes, and the guy's like, "Don't put your dick in these holes," <laughs> and then he put his dick in the in the surge yeah. container, and he got soda all over his. Penis. Yeah, that's probably. I think that would that used to yeah. happen a lot in the 90s. So yeah. yeah, so I've got some marketing catchphrases for surge. Okay. Okay. Let's uh, here's on, one. Feed the rush. Like it. I'm into and another it. one is, this one's a little bit more out there. Life's a scream. I like feed the rush more. We don't talk about this too much, but one of my deeply held beliefs, which I learned from a billboard for the movie, the movie about the girl who is a this girl surfer. Oh yeah, um, Blue Crush. And they say if you want to feel the rush, you yep, got to take the risk. Feed the Rush reminds me of that. Me too. They probably drink Surge in that. Although it ended, I think it might have ended before then. It's had a resurgence. They stopped it in 2003 or whatever because of sales, but then... Are Mountain Dew sales? I've heard that like soda I'm, sales are pretty down I'm compared sure they to what are, they yeah. were in the 90s. Because people like, they want to drink some water, they want some kombucha. Coconut you know, water. I understand it. This is a different yeah. era we're talking about. So we're actually looking at it historically. we got to put it in some perspective. Did you ever drink Surge and do you remember the taste? I'm sure I tasted it. I, I don't know if I liked it. Um, do, you, do you like that marketing? Like at the time, you might not have appealed to you, but in retrospect, you kind of see the beauty of it, right? You see it, there's something to it. There's something fun about it. You're like, oh, it's extreme. What's more extreme than MD? MDK. <laughs> yeah. Think about in the boardroom where they were so like, probably pumped on MDK. Gentlemen, we have a new plan. And they're probably like, what the fuck? What's he going to tell us? You know, he comes in with a PowerPoint and it's like, this was in 1997. So it was probably like this crappy old tiny PowerPoint, you know, yeah. like it's not, it, it took him a long time to make and it was kind of junky. The you know? first image is a Mountain Dew logo and with like crosshairs over it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And then the letters come in one at a time for each slide. M D. Yeah. Okay. And he says, you know what that stands for? And there's a guy who's dumb. He's in the order room. He's like, duh, uh, uh, must uh, uh, do. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know, boss. And, and his boss slaps him. He says, hey, it means Mountain Dew Killer. Well, come on, man. And he's like, oh, now I get it. And they all, they're going yeah. nuts for this thing. And then when they release it, it doesn't kill Mountain Dew. Here's Mountain Dew still here, laughing no, from its mountain it doesn't, top it doesn't years later. It doesn't come close. 
But Mountain Dew has been knocked off its perch, man. Like, you don't hear about Mountain Dew. It doesn't... Well, it's by, like, Monster Energy Drink or something like that. I think Mountain Dew itself had to had to pivot. I remember Mountain Dew the, had to yeah. make these little cans that were, like... And they released, uh, like, Mountain Dew uh, Code Red or whatever, like, Red red Zone. So what really killed Mountain Dew wasn't Surge at all. I don't so think Mountain Dew got Surge killed. Ma- do, Mountain Dew lives still. Yeah, but in a diminished capacity. True, it doesn't yeah. have the central role in society that it used to have. I feel like maybe because I was in the target demographic... Yeah. When I was in the target demographic, Mountain Dew was like a central yeah. like, uh, part of, of, of existence. Not that I even drank a lot, but I was aware of it. I drank quite a bit of it. I would. There were many meals that I had circa 1993 that were like two Circle K hot dogs and a giant 32 ounces of Mountain Dew or something like that. I gotta say, that's really awesome. Yeah. You got free refills. You playing pinball while you ate that? Yeah, exactly. I could never really go off with it too much. Yeah. It wasn't really my my thing, but I respect it. I kind of respect it as a concept. I like thinking about how it came to be. The gumption to try to kill Mountain Dew, you know, it is impressive. It's like going against the gods. Yeah. It's like um, when Zeus tried to slay his own father. There's something to it that's like, it's hubris, you know, to think that you can stand up to the to this, this yeah. dew. It's a lightning bolt. The source of it is Coca-Cola Company, which has always had the upper hand, you know, maybe a little less so in the 80s and 90s, over Pepsi. Yeah, they had their neck on the throat of PepsiCo. Yeah, so... Well, but if you think about it, PepsiCo owns... They own Taco Bell, and they own these distribution like areas where it's not like you're going to bring your own drink to go right. to KFC Taco yeah. Bell Pizza Hut. So, But, yeah, it's weird that, like... You're, you're taught to think of them as the underdog because they're the upstart in this one market when it's just because it's the one market they don't dominate already. Yeah, exactly. Like Coca-Cola dominates drinking water. They dominate so many things. So it's hard to really root for them. That like They might as well be the Yankees or something. So My brand loyalty to Mountain Dew, even though we're not ranking Mountain Dew. Do you drink Mountain Dew now? No, I don't drink soda now. I, I will occasionally have like a Sprite type drink or a cola if i'm eating fast food which is rare but i usually would yeah, just, yeah. just drink water anyways um from childhood i have a loyalty to pepsi maybe because they had such cool marketing in the 80s uh, and you and i did that yeah. pepsi challenge uh, in union square in the early 2000s apparently the problem with the pepsi challenge is if people take a sip of pepsi and a sip of coke they'll prefer the pepsi every time mm-hmm. yeah but that's because it's different to take a, the fat first sip. It's a little bit yeah. sweeter, and so it yeah. hits you harder. That's neither here nor there. No. So, yeah. As for Surge, so it, it doesn't exist anymore. Oh, well, you no, know, you can find Surge now. If you go to Burger King to oh. the Coca-Cola freestyle machine, which you can find in maybe, apparently, in just Burger King. I'm not, I'm not sure if you can find it elsewhere. No, no, they had one at the... Um, there's an Israeli burger place that, okay. that I used to go so, to. The problem is my son just wanted to go there because he wanted to mess yeah. with that machine. I know where those machines are because I avoid the places <laughs> that have them because I got a nine-year-old son. He wants to touch everything. Dad, I want Diet Coke yeah. and I want to mix it with orange soda or something. He just wants gross stuff, you know. Yeah, it still can be found. So, so let's see. Uh, in sodas in general, like I'm not gonna put, I'm not gonna place this very high. I'm looking at like around Gambit or Double Stuff Oreos. Yeah, because it's gross. You don't want to put it in your body. Yeah. And it's kind of a pale, like the way that Gambit, I don't want to say Gambit is necessarily a, a pale imitation of Wolverine, but it's like they brought this new character in the same way that they brought in uh, Surge as an yeah. MDK. Surge right? would be a good character. So, MDK would True. be a good character, man. Yeah. I mean, so what about um, putting it under Gambit? I don't That's like Gambit very much, yeah. but I don't care about Surge at all. And Because I never had it, I don't have... Of the, the the feeling of disgust I have at, that I have for double stuff yeah. Oreos, and I kind of think I don't want to say a noble intent, but I want to say ambition is like nothing to be ashamed of. They stood up to the yeah. gods, and they you know they were turned back. Yep. 
All right, number, number 17. 17. Okay, so we'll move on to Josta now then. Now, here's the thing about Josta. I don't know anything about Josta. Is it clear? Is It It looks like a cola. Like, the color of it is, is dark. Oh, I'm looking yeah, at it Yeah, and now. the branding is sort of definitely more, like, sophisticated. Or it, Oh, it like, has guarana in it. It has guarana in it, yes. And it's like seems like it's marketed more towards, like, people that are 10 years older than Surge is marketed towards. It looks like it's marketed more to be sold, like, in a, in well, a club. It, it has, like, a jaguar on it. I, I would call the design maybe Central American or Caribbean, kind of. I mean, it, uh, Yeah, I guess, I mean, because that's where jaguars live, I guess. Maybe Brazilian, kind of, like. Yeah, but you could imagine, um, like, uh, it's like. Uh, you go to Cancun, yeah. and you're like, I'm at a bar in Cancun or something, it might have that. And the fact, it's got garana, and I think it has heightened caffeine, so it seems like it's it's got a, much, it's it's like, got a it's, more sophisticated vibe. It's for having or maybe mixing it with something at the club, not for like... Is it from the Jolt era? Well, it's roughly from the same era, so it was released in 95 by Pepsi, this, so this is a Pepsi product. To me, it seems like this is more of a response to Jolt. Which I don't. I think Jolt was a third party. I think that Jolt was a big deal when it, it came. Yeah, out. because it had like and, and triple so the caffeine. People were kind of on their heels. Like we need a JK. Exactly. That's it. I mean, it's a Jolt killer. Did you figure that out? Yeah, I did. Okay, good. And but it's no longer around either. No, it's not. I had a guarana soda that was called Guarana Antarctica. Whoa, really? And I've had stuff with guarana in it. It's pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Instead of the caffeine coming from a cola nut, which I don't think when you have cola, Coca Cola now, the caffeine comes from a cola nut anymore, does it? No, it probably comes from a chemistry lab. Uh, yeah, exactly. They mix two reagents together, and there's a smoke, and they collect that smoke, and they huff it. Uh, so yeah. I, having never had the soda, I can only judge it. I, I, I don't know if it's fair for me to judge it, but I'm ready to do so. Hold on. Let me tell you one of the, the slogan first. Okay. This is from an ad. The slogan is, better do the good stuff now. You know what? <laughs> Starting to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the design. Because, like, the design for Surge is like a weird, like, splat. But it looks yeah, like you killed yeah. a bug and the bug spelled out splurge, kind of. But um, this kind of this kind of looks like it's a it's a party. The, the letters are dancing. The yeah, jaguar is going to strike at you. It's chic, and, you know, and, and it... Yeah, it's sexy. You're like, what do you have there? Oh, I'm just mixing a drink with a Justa. This and, is, uh, it makes it seem like it's possibly the sexiest soda yeah. that, you know, ever existed. Also, I should note that this was apparently the first energy drink by a major beverage company. Oh, so this predates a... Uh, I mean, does that include, like, Red Bull? And the, because Red well, Bull yeah, wasn't a major... Like, and I but think I mean, like, it's like Red the Bull. addition of Garana is, what, is, I believe, what makes it the energy drink. I see, I see. Um, um, better do the good stuff now is a good slogan that I'm on board with. And, like, as a philosophy, I like it more than, uh, what was the other one? Feel the ru- feed the Rush. Feed the Rush, yeah. Feed the Rush is, like, could apply to anything. Josta yeah. makes me feel like, yeah, you know what? Why wait? Let's do the good stuff now. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, Better do the good stuff now. Why save the good stuff for later? Let's let's crack open a bit of Josta and we're going to enjoy our day together. One for me and one for you. Let's pour it in. Let's put yeah. it on ice. I think I'm ready to rank it just knowing that. I am too. It's definitely better than Surge. If it's better than Surge. Corona's cool. It's sort of sexy. I think it's better yeah. than Gambit. It's weird that we both think of it as so sexy. Though. Well, like look at it. it. You see that cat? Well, I guess, yeah. But that's your thing, not mine. I mean, it, but it does have some haunches, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, sports teams' jerseys often have uh, cats, cats on them. Cats on them, true. Panthers um, and Jaguars and whatnot. So I kind of think it's either going to be above or below the sports team jerseys. I agree. Um, At the heart of it, we're just talking about sugar and water. So, yeah, so like, that's true. And Garana. Let's put, um, it, let's put it above. But sports team jerseys are just cotton and polyester, so... It, right, they're more useful. San Francisco Giants have a sports team's jersey, which I love. But then again, so do the 
Los Angeles Dodgers. So which you don't love. So, so those like cross each other. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's, it's neither a plus or a minus. I so. think the justice should go before above Gambit. All right. Got it. I'm writing it in there. Okay. So uh, let's take a quick break, and right. we'll come back. Let's take a quick uh, break with the thing. This, this break will be for less than one second. Okay. What do we got? We're back. Oh, what's the next thing? Do you want me to say or you? Uh, we'll do mine. Okay. The musical um, artist Prince is what I'd like to rank today. Oh, Prince. Yeah. R.I.P. Rest in Prince. Prince made some songs. He made a lot of songs that he didn't actually even record. That's like, true. He, well, wrote Manic, he wrote Manic Monday. Yeah, and he example. did record Manic Monday, I, I think. Actually, maybe after the Bengals did. But yeah, he wrote Manic oh, yeah. Like, Monday. There's songs that he's not famous for as a performer, such as Manic I Monday. Be, I got to tell you, I don't like it if they play Manic Monday on the radio station. Because, oh, really? Well, I don't like it when they play it and it's a Wednesday. Oh. It's like, they shouldn't play Christmas music in November. They shouldn't play... Manic Monday on a day of the week that's not Monday. It doesn't so, really make sense. Sunday morning coming down should only be played on Sunday morning? Yes. You know okay. what? It could also be played on a Saturday because you're thinking about... No, you know what? Saturday, you don't want to think about Sunday. You want to think about Saturday night. Yeah. That's when you play Some, that song Saturday. Yeah. Like, uh, Last Christmas should only be played on Boxing Day. You know, just certain songs. I'm not, not always, but it's like, what's the point of playing that song on the radio on a Tuesday or a Wednesday? Yeah, might as well so just, just play just, Walk Like an Egyptian. Yeah, exactly. Well, that should only be played on Egypt Day, which is, of course, <laughs> April 5th. I, I, I just saying, like, every time I've ever heard that song on the radio, I've consulted my calendar to see what day of the week it is. It's never Monday. At least once you'd think I would have heard it on the radio. It's, it comes on the, the station that plays, like, for my alarm, you know, when yeah. it wakes me up. And it'll be playing that song, and I'm thinking, like, oh, it must be Monday. That's why they're playing that song. No, it never is. So I hold that against Prince. Uh, he um, wrote Nothing Compares to You, which is another song that he, yeah. he, he wrote and recorded that. Oh, yeah. Way before Sinead O'Connor did, but um, he wrote "Bat Dance." He wrote and performed every song on the Batman soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, not the, the Daniel, Moon. not the original score, of course, but the soundtrack. He had "Under the Cherry Moon," and he had what's the movie? Purple Rain. Yeah, Purple Rain, and yeah. he had a sequel to Purple Rain. Really? I never saw it though. There was a Purple Rain. You're sequel. right. There was. He might yeah, not have even it. been in that. What? But what are his great works? What his, are his great, great works are mainly, in my opinion, songs from the album um, 1999. Darling Nikki. And, no, Darling Nikki is from Purple Rain. So from the albums, 1999, Purple Rain. And I'm also a big fan of Sign of the Times. And there's a number of other songs in there. But, you know, it's mainly his mid to late 80s stuff. Mid-career, you, you like, before he changed his name to The Symbol. Yeah, but also him changing his name to The Symbol is... Did he write The Glamorous Life, or did he... Was I don't he know if he wrote that. He like probably that? did. And I think that he wrote a lot of the... Um, he had something to do with with that. Like, yeah, very it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for him. Produced it, and also, um, how can I say this? Like, uh, he really went for it too, right? Oh yeah, uh, I mean, he put everything he into put, it. He put everything into a lot of people too. Oh, saying. I see. You mean he's like promiscuous? Like, you're saying? Yeah, and like, I honestly, is like in almost like a, a heroic way. Like, true. Yeah, you never hear anything anybody saying something bad about him, or he was doing this stuff I didn't want him to be doing, but like. You get the idea that he was going for it, like, all the time. Yeah, like, he has the vibe where it was, like, he probably had to fight it off. It seems like that's what motivates him. Maybe that's, like, reducing somebody to, like, one thing. But, like, his songs aren't about other stuff. Well, no, he's got songs about other stuff. But um, they're mostly about sexy stuff, it seems like. Yeah, which Uh, is cool. Like, I mean, that's what music is about. That's what music should be about. Another really cool thing about him that... You know, people bring up a lot, especially when we're talking about his sexuality, is the androgyny. You know that oh, he, oh, he's fluid. He, but there's been David Bowie and stuff. True, that's true. But he was American. 
And a black man, too, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and he was androgynous, but also very sexy in a heterosexual way. Women loved him. More than most. I mean... Yeah, more than 100% of the population rounding yeah, and, up. Yeah, and you know? there was some androgyny with, with, I think, Michael Jackson, but women weren't physically attracted to him the way they might be to Prince, I think. Well, he you just know. had a real magnetism, but then it's oh, yeah. like... He's, his song is the reason that they had those stickers on the thing, because... Al Gore's daughters are, are yeah. listening to Darling Nikki and, and they yeah. hear this song. Uh, my favorite song by his is Little Red Corvette, which I just think is a great song. It would have been a hit 50 years ago. Yeah. I think it would be a hit 50 years from now. Like I think that's a, So do you think that song should only be played on Saturday night? Because it has a lyric. Um, no, It was man. Saturday night. No. I guess that makes it all right. <laughs> no, because it's talking about something that did happen. I just that's think Nanny Monday is a song that's it's like... Like Garfield should when he when in the comic strip when he's like it's Monday boo I don't yeah. like it they should time it so that that strip is on Tuesday or Wednesday they don't need to talk about it when it's not a Monday I'm sure that's how they did it I'm sure if you read when he's talking about it being Monday check your calendar it would say the date Monday um little red Corvette man why'd you do that to me why'd you trap <laughs> me you hoisted me by my own petard I didn't mean to no I think Prince so like, um, sure he made 1999 think, which is like amazing you know delirious. I'm looking at his singles like that. He did those things in '82 and '83. Purple Rain comes out like when Doves Cry. Let's I know go what crazy. you're trying to Purple say with this Rain. list. I would I die know what for you're you. To say here. Now I'm not a music critic. Yeah. I couldn't tell you on the merits that one guy's oeuvre is 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 better than someone else's. But and I'll say that he did um, Bat Dance, which also features a song called Party Man uh, on the same album. Did Prince ever do something like pull a gun on somebody, or I don't think he did. Uh, um, or, or in his personal life, so, is, is so he a he, villain in any way? Let's look it up. Other than like, it's funny because like Hank, he also was, was on. I think he might have been on the same uh, drugs that Hank was on. He was uh, on yeah. some kind of pain painkillers and opioids and stuff when he died fentanyl he had a lot of physical problems and you know like which was why hank was on drugs like that as well they, they were both suffering from a lot of pain prince i think was suffering from pain from performing from like doing such energetic performances i watched earlier in the quarantine they streamed for free for a weekend a live performance from his purple rain tour and i watched that it's like two hours three hours long and he's just the whole time just like running like he's got a giant set with multiple levels like stairs and like fireman poles yeah, yeah. and like all this shit. and he's just the whole time just like running around the whole thing and singing and apparently i was talking to my mom about it because she was a big prince fan um she was always has been a big prince fan um since the 80s and she was saying yeah it's that tour he messed himself up he just went too hard physically you know like and um that's where the start of his physical problems were and it eventually led to him dying from an overdose and uh, now people who know guitar players, they say he's as great of a guitar player as you're ever gonna. Yeah, I mean, as you're ever gonna hear. You you would put him up with the the rock guitarists that people talk about, Eric Clapton and uh, yeah. Jimi Hendrix, etc. Right? Uh, yeah. There's there's some quote from Eric Clapton. I'm paraphrasing, but somebody asked him in an interview, "What's it like to be the greatest guitar player in the world?" And Eric Clapton said, "I don't know. Ask Prince." I'm not trying to hear what Eric Clapton says on most subjects, but yeah, yeah like I, yeah, if, if he he would know about that subject, yeah. Speaking of like another video that I watched recently, I think around the same time I watched that one, was a video uh, of um, the George Harrison's induction into the Hall of Fame. George Harrison is is not alive; it's happened posthumously. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. so there's a performance by a number of people, um, including I think Tom Petty is there, um, George Harrison's son is there, and then. Um, Prince comes in and does a solo and just like just blows everybody away. We'll we'll put a link to it in the show notes, but it's an okay. amazing performance. Uh, and he's also like so he's a multi instrumentalist virtuoso. Uh, he's also a great singer um, and a great songwriter. Yeah. But about his personal life, right? It says he's romantically linked with various women over the years. 
Okay. And this list is really something, man. Yeah, yeah. Because this is by no means uh, is it exhaustive. I mean, it's just but it's just saying the people who also ha- are on Wikipedia, right? So it includes Kim Basinger and Madonna and Vanity, Sheila E., Carmen Electra, Susanna Hoffs, and Sherilyn Fenn. Sherilyn Fenn was on um, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, right. This is like, that, that's like a, I'm just trying to get my head around, like, this guy spent the 80s, like, he was making records and movies. Right. With, how was he even getting done with all these these women around in his life? It had a lot of energy, I suppose. You know, you can, yeah, man. It, like, it, like I just I'm impressed with the guy. Um, yeah. I'm willing to rank the guy, and in fact, I'm I think I'm pretty generous about it because I like some of his songs. I gotta say, um, I don't think his body of work is as impressive to me as uh, Hank Williams' body of work. Although. We're not just talking about someone's body of work as an artist, but like he's a human being too. We're talking about and, his, just his his body as well. Oh yeah, the work of his same. body, which is oh yeah, which was yeah. he put it in, he put it in work. Also, he's a vegetarian and vegan and yeah. whatnot. I know that. So there's this Dave Chappelle story about um, Dave Chappelle that was on, oh, yeah, on the yeah, show of him going mm-hmm. and playing basketball and and yeah, yeah 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 and and Prince dunking on him. And I know that that is a true that that Prince is an amazing basketball player. I've spoken with somebody who is played basketball with Prince and it's true that Prince is uh, according to them an outstanding basketball player which is well you know that Hank Williams probably against... couldn't play at all because he had a bad back so no. if you're ranking him that way I bet you Hank Williams wasn't much of an athlete yeah in general yeah he wasn't he could barely walk yeah so um, I, I have a hard time putting the guy above Hank Williams Hank Williams created a genre of music I, I think well, he'd be he hard that's, pressed. That's to not say. accurate. That's not true. Hank Williams wasn't isn't the creator I mean, of country music. Like he's a big he's influence a, on it. I don't know, man. Where do you really think I Prince should go? Brought Prince to the conversation because I think that he's somebody who would contend with Hank Williams. And my um, are we are we just do we love artists? Is that the thing? Do, are, do artists go on the top? What about the dude who cured polio? I mean, are artists always going to be the top? Artists are flawed, man. We're only on episode five. That doesn't mean that artists are always going to be on the top. It makes me uncomfortable, man. It's like there's enough people out there saying they love Prince, like. But if it's real, if we love Prince the most, if he's the best, I don't think like Prince. The, the music doesn't mean as much to me as as Hank Williams' music does to me. Right. Hank Williams' song made me shed a tear. I I I, I taught my son like I was rocking him to sleep, singing him a Hank Williams' song, which I didn't. Right. Do but with, if you were to so, so if I was telling him "Darling Nikki" while he's trying to sleep, he'd be like, "Come on, Dad." It's like, but if you between the two, you had to choose which one you would tell your son to model himself after. Which person? Probably Prince. To me, yeah, to because me, I understand like the the major impact Hank Williams has had on that arena of music. Although I would argue that Prince has probably had a similar size impact in general on music. I guess it's right. Like in the eighties, when you turn on the radio, what you were listening to is like essentially his sound, even if it wasn't him, or even if he wasn't involved in it. In a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, it was him and a few people. Like you know, Hank like definitely like in that genre. Had, had a major influence, you know, um, but I think overall, like, again, like the number of people that were influenced and songs that were influenced, it might be about equivalent. I feel like Prince is flawed as well, but not personally as flawed as, as Hank Williams Sr. is. And Hank Williams um, was a great songwriter and, you know, a good performer, but his talents were, the, the list of his talents is fewer, I think, than the list of Prince's talents. All right, so, let's rank him then. Where where does he go? I, I think Prince should be at number one. When I don't want to enter into this, you know, this is serious business, so I got to okay. think about this. Okay, you can use your veto. You you have the opportunity to use the veto. Yeah, I don't think I Each can. I don't think in good conscience. I think you made a you made a, a a decent argument. You know, I think if we were talking about Hank Williams' work, it's a different story, but right. we're not. 
Yeah. So yeah, I'm willing to put Prince on there. So this is groundbreaking. This is we we finally five episodes in. We've the Earth uh, has shifted. It's a new world. It's a new day. Look outside. (laughs) Sunrise. It is. Okay, so let's. uh, I gotta take a breather, man. Okay, we'll take a breather uh, and then we'll move on to the to the thing that you brought to rank. Sound good? Oh yeah. Okay, now we're back. We're back and we're talking about the national debt. Oh boy. So wait, this, so talk. this isn't something you brought. Somebody else suggested this, right? Yeah. Oh, oh this yeah, This is yeah, another yeah. listener suggestion. Yeah, but it's taken from the hopper, man. Yeah. Oh, I thought when we said that you were going to bring one and I was going to bring one and we were going to have a listener oh, one. Oh, now, now we're getting into this, are we? No, this is fine. Now I see how it really goes down. I just didn't know that you were going to poach something that um, had been suggested by somebody else. But <laughs> National debt. I think we can rank this pretty. This was suggested by Thad. The national debt is, first of all, I don't think it's real. Right. A lot of economists will tell you it's not exactly real. We owe money, but that money is owed in bonds, right? And that bonds um, are denominated in dollar bills. Okay. And so we print dollar bills. Our government can print as many dollar bills as we want. So if we wanted to, we could print more money, inflate away the value of the currency, create, you know, if we were comfortable with more inflation, and the relative cost of the national debt would be much diminished, right? So... I feel like national debt is like a cudgel. I don't really exactly know what a cudgel is, but I know it's. I think it's a cross between like a club and a a stick. Yeah, or like a. It's like you got to do this. We can't have things because of the national debt. We have to cut this budget. We we can't have this or that. You know, we, we can't, can't do have things. funding for the arts. Don't you know there's a national debt? And it's like, look, I understand everything that's borrowed has to be paid, but those things are borrowed at a fixed rate. You know, these are bonds that are paying a I don't know one percent zero. You know, they're they're paying a very low rate. So why don't we, if we have a little bit of inflation, we can inflate our way out of it. something that no other country can do. Now, I admit, we can't do this all the time because we're going to have to borrow more money. And the next money we borrow will probably be at a higher rate because people will be assuming there's going to be some inflation, right? And they won't want to buy the the bonds because they'll say, no, the, the dollar won't be worth as much by the time I get paid back. I get that. But like, it's not the dire emergency that it's presented as. And it's not like there's a a guy scheming, rubbing his hands together to like take America from you if we default on it. Yeah. The country is not going to get taken away by a creditor. So I guess I kind of think it's fake. It's make-believe. It's a concept. I think people waste a lot of time worrying about it. As concepts, it's a less useful concept than generation ships. <laughs> okay. So... I don't have as good of a grasp on it as you do, but well, I... Do you have any feeling about it? What do you think well, about like, it? My... Do you ever say like... I want to do this thing, but I can't because of the national debt. <laughs> no, I don't. And I know that like the national debt gets in the way. Uh, concerns over debt. But get, they're like get, fake concerns. It's like people yeah. say, pe- it's it's just something people say. It's like, a reason to not do anything. It's a reason people have, oh, we got to be sober. We have to be careful. You know about the debt. It's used as a reason against anything that could be thinking thinking big. And it's like, we got to think big. I'm tired of thinking small. Without being a scholar of these things, I know in general like that I tend towards having heard what Keynesian economics is into and yeah. that, those kind of things. I know that like that's the kind of stuff I like. And I know that Keynes isn't that concerned with debt. Yeah, spend the money. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's like, that's how I'm feeling, is that, like, it's kind of make-believe. I mean, money is kind of make-believe, but national right. debt is, like, especially make-believe as a reason to not do or not do something. Especially and, when things need, need to be done. Yeah, totally. And it pays for itself. Also, our debt-to-GDP ratio is, like, I don't want to get into it too much, but, like, the ratio is not that high, meaning, like, it's not, like, 
a, the economy is really large, and so as a as a share of the entire economy, it's uh, it's it's not we don't we don't have that big of a debt, but also it's just like as a reason to not do some like a, a big project, it doesn't make sense. Like there should, the debt should be higher, and you know like the debt should be should be increasing when times are tough because it's like that's when you need to be investing you make investments for the future in infrastructure and whatnot you know i don't know i just uh, i don't like national debt scolds so i think we're on the same page here but here's the concern so are we talking about the concept of national debt oh good point because if the question is i I would be happy with the debt was higher but the concept of the debt i would like it to go away if you're fine with national debt that makes it a good thing Let's rank it as a concept. I think that's the most fair way to rank it. Okay, so we're ranking the concept of national debt. Yeah, Me- I think so. Because there are other things in here that are concepts and ideas. So if, if we're okay with national it, debt, does that mean we rank it higher? or? I think um, that's a good call. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, yeah, man. I would just say like this. I would put it uh, above surge. Okay. Because surge is like we need to get these kids to eat more sugar. And the, right. the idea behind Surge is like, we need to kill Mountain Dew. Right. The idea behind the national debt, well, I guess it's good that we be able to borrow money. Like, I understand what you're saying. It's not, I, I'm only thinking of it as like its use in politics, which is like as a cudgel. But in fact, we should think of it as, as like a tool. a tool to borrow things to make big government spending. And in that sense, I would put it above coffee. Yeah. Maybe not. I would put it above band t-shirts. Mm, I'd be fine with putting it above coffee. I don't know, but coffee tastes good. National debt doesn't taste good. Uh, and national, I guess, sure. I guess to me, from my perspective, both band T-shirts and national debt are tools. They're economic right. tools. So I'm putting national debt in at number nine. Then yeah, I agree with that. All right. So yeah, we have a new number one. History has been made because you demanded it. Not a hoax. Not a dream. <laughs> not an imaginary story. No, nope. it happens here first. You, you've seen it happen. This is history being made, as Phil said. Yeah. You'll always remember you were here. Prince unseating Hank Williams Sr. as the number one yep. thing of all time. And then on the opposite end of the list, the worst thing uh, of all time, as Continues things stand to be today, also another human being. is another human being, Hank Williams Jr. Well, thanks for listening to the most recent episode of Every Damn Thing. We hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, so if you can find an updated list of everything um, and the show notes at everydamnthing.net. The theme song that you heard is written by Jade Puget. Jade Puget, if he was ranked, he'd be very high too because he's, he be. he's an excellent guitar player as well. Maybe he's good as Prince. I don't want to. Oh, if you have something you want to be ranked and you want to put it on that list, you think you have something that can beat the top thing or undercut the bottom thing, uh, send it to list at everydamnthing.net. Yeah, and if you want to just say hi, or if you disagree with what we said, if you just want to start a conversation, any any thoughts you have, but especially if you want to, want us to rank something for you, yeah, list at everydamnthing.net. Also, we'll we've said this every time, and maybe by this time we'll have it up, but we're going to work on getting social media stuff out there. So keep an eye out for that. We'll have a Patreon page eventually. Um, so yeah keep an eye out for that and if you enjoyed it feel free to leave a review at iTunes or wherever you get podcasts and tell some somebody you know uh, only someone you trust find one person tell them hey I listened to this I think these guys really know what's up I think these are the smartest guys I ever heard in my life exactly tell them the truth and that's it uh, we'll uh, be back next week to add some more stuff to the list and until then what do you say until then keep every damn in.